Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Tampa is Bruno Drummond. Bruno is Senior Director, Global Compliance for DHL Supply Chain. And today we're going to be talking about something interesting that Pete opened my eyes to, which are ethical audits. Uh, first, Bruno, thank you for taking time away from your day to talk to us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Mine too. Now, first, let's begin with the definitional part. What is an ethical audit? So an ethical audit is really an audit that evaluates compliance, but not only with laws and regulation, it also evaluates um, compliance against ethical standards. And these ethical standards can come from a specific industry, an independent organization, or really your own company internal policies, think your code of conduct or your code of ethics. And what usually these audits cover, they cover human rights, child labor, forced labor, discrimination, unfair or inhumane treatment. They also cover freedom of employment, freedom of association. Very interestingly, they cover working conditions and hours, safety, um, they also touch a little bit if the either your own organization or your supplier that you're evaluating use further subcontractors that it, it carries through the supply chain and it does evaluate any kind of loo, um, rules, laws or internal policies that may apply. Which is a thoroughness that I think anyone would need. Now, I think I know the answer to this question, but I want to ask it anyway. Why should an organization conduct one? And, and that's a good question because the regulatory environment that we live today requires a lot more scrutiny through everyone's supply chain. What I've been seeing is new supply chain acts globally being stated, a high expectation of governance, responsibility, and even new sanctions regimes that are targeting human rights violations. So we all know that ESG is a hot topic and among everyone's priorities. And ethical audits can be a very important tool in that ESG strategy. And if you think about ethical issues and how it can affect your organization, it, it can really affect your organization image, your organization's, um, it, it can suffer from reputational damage. A simple Google search, you know, we can find a number of pretty big organizations throughout the world that had recent ethical issues. and 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 the impacts that that cause. Um, let's look at the impact of the, what they had in their customers and their shareholders or share price and even employees. No one wants to work for an unethical organization. And it's even hard on that talent acquisition part as well. Well, and these days with talent acquisition being such an important issue for organizations, it's not a place you can afford to stumble. Now, tell me, how did DHL embark on conducting ethical audits? Before, before answering that question, let me give you a quick introduction on, um, or a quick summary on just how DHL strategies and goals are. DHL is, is, you know, the ESG is top of our list, is one of our key priorities there. Our commitments are to clean operations for climate protection. We want to be a good company to work for, and we want to be a highly trusted company. Um, we work very closely with the United Nations, their global compact is part of our code of conduct and supplier code of conduct, and we are committed to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And, and, and back to your question is, 
we always had a strong governance on that scope of items from ethical audits. But what happened was those were governed by multiple departments and multiple people, multiple different people were involved in different controls and monitoring activities. I believe the first exposure that we had to an ethical audit was when a customer requested us to undergo one many years ago. And after going through that experience and looking more into it, ethical audits really made sense um, because we bring a lot of those items together, a lot of um, different monitoring and different controls into a single exercise. So what we did, DHL decided to implement an ethical audit program. And the program was compromised, or actually is compromised of both internal and external LAD audits and takes place at our own operations and at our supplier operations. Well, it's a, that's interesting. I think it's great that something that a customer requested, and obviously they're committed to ethics, um, ended up being something that you made a practice of your own. And you know, it's become quite the regular practice from what you've told me. What benefits has DHL found? The audits are a great measure against our values, against our commitment, and more importantly, against our code of conduct. They help build trust with our customers, with our shareholders, and they also help us evaluate our suppliers. Are our suppliers complying with our supplier code of conduct? That's not an easy question, but the audits help us answer that. Um, it gives us visibilities and assurances on suppliers at remote or challenging locations. You know, think about countries where there's a lot of reports of inadequate working conditions or child labor. These audits are also very helpful in identifying improvement opportunities that may not be picked up by other controls. One of the things that these audits include is roundtables, where employees have a forum to voice some of their ethical concerns. And a lot of the findings that we see from these audits come from those um, roundtables, come from employees raising their concerns. The last thing I think it's very valuable, and we found a lot of benefits from the audits, is it points us in the direction of things that are working well, um, things that are going very well. Um, it's very reassuring if you're in the middle of an audit and you're having conversation with an employee and you ask about awareness to your helpline and the employee says, yeah, of course, I know about it. I know how to call it and you know, points at the poster in the back of a, of a room. Um, and a really interesting story, I was once performing um, one of these audits in one of our warehouses, and I observed a vending machine. And this vending machine had um, personal protective equipment, PPEs. Red flag came straight to my mind. These items should not be sold. They should be free to all employees. So I grabbed uh, a manager from that facility. I went to the vending machine, and he explained to me and showed to me that the payment method was free, the machine. Um, it was disabled, the payment method was disabled, and the items were free. Um, the machine was there as a as a good way to promote the use of those um, equipments. Instead of having, you know, the protective equipment inside a manager's office where people would have to go and ask for it if they forgot or lost their own, um, it was just widely available no questions asked it's free you can just get it so some good practice out there that we can take it to other locations as well that's great that's a terrific story so which leads to another question i have was 
What should organizations look for internally when they're conducting an audit? In order to be effective, just like many other compliance and ethics initiatives, it does require that tone from the top. It is important to have management support. There's also a cost associated with ethical audits. They can be time consuming, they can be expensive. So it's really important that we have um, a risk-based program, that you're going in the right direction. We all know independence is important whenever you're doing any kind of audits. Um, if you're using internal audits to perform ethical audits, um, you should ensure that they have the expertise to conduct these reviews. Um, and even with proper training, um, internal auditors may need that support from HR, from legal and compliance officers. Um, sometimes a outsider perspective is good. There's a number of organizations out there that provide external ethical audit services. Um, if an organization chooses to go this route, they can select a reputable organization with certified auditors. But perhaps my main recommendation is that the audits are done using a comprehensive approach. There's a lot of different ways to do these audits. And what I mean is really focus on how you're conducting the audit. Do management interviews, do employee interviews, those roundtables, do a walkthrough of the facility or the office, a physical walkthrough, do a review of the regulations of the internal policies and detailed testing for records. Now, when it comes to um, suppliers, would you do the same kind of comprehensive approach or does it tend to be a more defined one? Defining the scope is very important. What do you want to get from the audits that you do on your suppliers? Um, more than likely, organizations want to ensure that their values, their goals are followed throughout their supply chain. Once again, I will recommend a risk-based approach and some of the key learnings and call-outs to look for in suppliers. I would say where you're doing the audits plays an important role. You should pick a good representation of your supply chain. Don't only select suppliers in challenging locations or challenging countries. You should look into process that you have well-established in your own organization, but, but might not be well-established in suppliers organizations. So look into grievances processes, look into um, how the supplier manage working hours. Working hours is a, it's a very interesting one. Um, some employees just love overtime because if they have extra income, but without proper control, um, an employee could reach silly hours that are not healthy. And it leads into my next call out, which is, which is safety as it's on top of everyone's agenda. So if we look at number of working hours, what's acceptable? Is 40 acceptable? 60, 80, 100? It might be acceptable in an, in an office role, a certain amount of hours. But if you have an employee operating machinery, that might not be acceptable. And how much the employee is resting between one shift and the other one is very important too. I would also say common and potentially overlooked items. You have water available, you have clean restroom, doors are not locked, emergency exits are not locked. Um, last but not least, I'll probably say conflicts of interest 
and compliance with external laws and regulations. Laws change, regulations change. We are seeing those happening. And sometimes we have embedded processes that we've been doing for a very long time. And we got to keep in mind that if something changes, the process got to change as well. And that's a very good warning because too often organizations have done something the same way forever and lose track of the fact that that has to evolve as well. Well, Bruno, thank you so much for sharing these insights with us today. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletow from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective. <laughs>